Would you like to win and achieve success in what you do? Welcome to the Winner's Ways Podcast, where we create winners every day. And now, your host, the author of Winner's Ways book and life coach, Bola Alabi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Winner's Ways podcast. This is where we talk about everything you need to live to your fullest potential. On today's episode, we have a guest. Uh, his name is Lucas, Lucas Root. Uh, Lucas has a strong roots at uh, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, he worked at Wall Street, uh, building powerful brands. Uh, Lucas has a very strong track record of success, and that also includes many speaking engagements. He has uh, been a guest uh, on many podcast uh, shows. He's a best-selling uh, author of Work From Home uh, course. Uh, Lucas helped people to build strong brands uh, with great ideas. Uh, so, Guys, I'm excited to introduce uh, Lucas to the show. So uh, without further ado, let me bring Lucas on. Hey, Lucas, how are you? Hey, Willa. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. Uh, I just did a little bit of intro, but I know I did not capture everything. So Lucas, if you don't mind, can you introduce yourself to, to my uh, audience? Yeah, of course. Um I, uh, I spent 17 years on Wall Street doing mergers and acquisitions. So I was sort of a, um, the strategist that put together the companies on the back end of the merger. I wasn't the big wig that figured out who to put together. I was the guy who figured out how, which was amazing because that gave me exposure to these really intelligent, smart, incredibly experienced men who were you know, building up companies and had decades and decades of experience on how to do things the way that they thought was the right way. And I got to sort through that and help them see what was going to work on the other end of the merger. It was amazing. Um, after 17 years, I decided it was time to start my own consulting company. You know, take that knowledge, take that experience and, and bring it out into the world. Um, my first and largest and even currently longest standing client is the Pokemon company. You see them over my shoulder here for those of you who actually get to watch and not just listen. Um, I've been with them for six and a half years. It's been an amazing ride. Um, the Pokemon company uses me in a really cool way. Um, every single time they decide that they want to launch something new that's big and interesting, and exciting, they engage with me to help them figure out, just like I did on Wall Street, help them figure out how to do it. So I got, I got settled in with the Pokemon company. And then four years ago, I said, you know, I, I got the Pokemon company. I got several smaller clients. I think it's time for me to start mentoring and teaching and speaking and helping the world in a much wider fashion, right? Because when you focus with one company or three companies and, and they're your clients, yes, it's earning you money, which is great, but it's also really narrow. It's a really narrow focus. Right. So I started working with audiences like yours, Bola, to, to spread out, to, to answer questions, to help these people see 
um, the things that they want to see in order to be able to move forward in their own lives. Great. Oh, yeah, it's been no, awesome. No, no, no. I, I, I like that because, you know, when you talk about launching, whether we like it or not, we are all launching something. All whether the time. It's yeah. you going out there to apply for a job, you are launching yourself. So whether it's someone starting a new business, they need to launch so that they will get the word out there so for people to know them. So when we talk about launching and building brands, uh, Lucas, what can you break it down for me? What, what do you think uh, someone needs to watch out for or look out for when they want to launch? Or if you want to take them through steps, what, what's the first thing that I need to do if I need to launch any new business today? Mm-hmm. Awesome question. And your, your point is a great one, Bola, is that everybody has a brand all the time. When you're applying for a job, you have a brand. Your brand is yourself. It's who you're going to show up as when you show up in that room. When you're launching a business, your brand is the business and what the business is going to show up in the world as, right? Notice the common theme showing up in the world as. Yes. Um, there are two things that I think people are having a really hard time wrapping their mind around right now in the world of brand and authenticity, and I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see, it's absolutely impossible. And you introduced this concept beautifully at the beginning of this interview, Bola. It's absolutely impossible for you to show 100% of yourself all the time. It's impossible. We're all much too deep, much too multifaceted. So the idea of being 100% transparent or 100% authentic is a little bit silly. That's right. It's a little bit silly. What you have to do is guess. And life is a guessing game. Welcome to life, people. Life is a guessing game. What you have to do is guess at what piece of yourself is going to be the most relevant in the circumstance that you're entering into. Now, in a job interview, that's usually pretty easy because <laughs> usually they tell you what it is that they want to see. So you show up and you show that part of yourself. Now, that's not being inauthentic. It's being focused. But it's still a guess. And it may not turn out to have been what they wanted to see. And that's okay. Maybe they end up buying somebody else, right? Hiring somebody else, buying from someone else. Maybe they end up asking for a second interview so they can see a different side of you. And then you have to guess again. Life is a guessing game. You have to guess again to try to figure out what it is that they want to see when you show up. That's job interview. But it's the same thing on the corporate side. You have to guess at what your clients and your customers are going to want to see from you in order for them to make the decision to buy from you. And then you show up exactly as you guessed they want to see. And again, that's not being inauthentic, it's being focused. There are so many things you and I could be talking about right now. We could be talking about my family. We could be talking about me growing up in Vermont, but right now we're focused. It's not being inauthentic. I'm not hiding those other things. We're just staying focused. All right, all right. And then once you've guessed and show up, take the step, move forward. You may fail. You probably will. And that's okay, but you have to start somewhere. You guess, you show up and you see whether or not you were close. 
to what it is that your audience wanted from you. If you were close, then the adjustment that you have to make is small. You probably don't know if you have to adjust to the left or just to adjust to the right. You probably don't know yet. So you have to guess again. It's not because you were wrong the first time. You guessed, you showed up, you learned. Now you guess again. And then were you closer or were you further? If you were further, then try the other direction. Again, this isn't being inauthentic. This is being focused. And I think people are so wrapped up in the idea that being authentic means showing 100% of you all the time. And they get a, a version, a modern version of analysis paralysis. Well, how do I do that? How do I show 100% of myself all the time? I, even my parents don't know 100% of me, and they've known me my entire life. Like, how do I make this work? Right. Yeah, it's not possible. And you will get paralyzed by that analysis paralysis is sort of a version of it. So you have to guess, you have to show up, you have to do your best and see, get some feedback, see how it worked out. Absolutely. So, you know, that is rich, everything you've just explained, because I am also uh, in that phase that I'm trying to build my brand. And I'm going to, you said guess. So initially, when I started this podcast, I, I was focusing on helping uh, young professionals to develop in their career. I also love talking I about love money. I, yeah, I also love talking about money. And mm -hmm. I talk about motivation. So I call it career, money, motivation, right? Mm -hmm. But I know the particular uh, content that my audience respond more to. So I kind of, you said, adjust, Right. I kind of uh, adjust uh, my strategy to focus on those things that I think they, they want more, the ones they react uh, very well uh, more to. And mm -hmm. that has kind of helped me to continue to grow. And you said people should take steps. I absolutely agree with that. You know, many things that we want to accomplish, if you don't take steps, you don't get anything. So that's very, very good, uh, Lucas. Thank you very much for sharing that. So I'm going to ask you this uh, because, you know, uh, just uh, last night I was on your website looking at what you do. This, you, you, you help organizations build strong brand with great ideas and you help women to see their power. Why women? Yeah. Um, awesome question. I love it. So uh, I'm a scientist. Okay. And this, again... Just like I just said, this is me being 100% authentic, but for better or worse, I've noticed that this answer I give, most people find it to be cerebral. It is what it is. It's part of who I am. Um, 110 years ago, in 1911, um, Marie Curie was the first scientist, not woman, the first scientist to both receive a second Nobel Prize and a Nobel Prize outside of her discipline. First scientist ever for each of those things. Amazing. Absolutely mind-blowingly amazing. Now, I've known, most, I've known about this for most of my life. But four years ago, when I decided to start helping people out, that event crystallized in my mind as opportunity cost. Now, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that 110 years ago, 
we as a society, and there have been many other examples, but that's the one that crystallized for me. We as a society were given an example, a powerful example of the exceptionality of women. And for the last 110 years, we made a choice to continue to put barriers up in front of women, where we could have been making a choice to destroy those barriers. And so for 110 years, women have had to spend energy and effort to surmount those barriers, which in some ways makes them even more exceptional, even more incredible. However, I feel viscerally the opportunity cost of 110 years of people spending effort surmounting barriers that are not necessary. And that effort is not being spent creating new and better technology while they're surmounting those barriers. That effort is not being spent furthering scientific fields while they're surmounting those barriers. That effort is not being spent becoming better and more incredible politicians or college professors or CEOs. And so for 110 years and longer than that, but that was the that was the event that crystallized in my mind. We've been forcing our society to churn its wheels on that effort. Now, those women that surmount those barriers go on to become exceptional and in some parts because of the barriers. But let's be honest, life has lots of barriers. We don't need to create new ones. <laughs> we don't need to create new ones. There are plenty of barriers out there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, that's actually very good uh you are trying to level the playing uh ground uh which is good and i like the concept of opportunity cost that you explained so that's good uh thanks for uh sharing that now let's talk about your book in your book uh you you, you have a book i saw it on amazon strategy guide to thrive in business mm. failing forward to success can you give me the main idea uh, of the book or what, what's, what's the takeaway uh, from your book that you want your readers to know? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. Uh, there are three things in there that I think are really important. Number one, it's got a nice little checklist of things that you got to pay attention to when you're launching yourself into anything. And this is true for everybody. It was written specifically for entrepreneurs, but it's true for everyone. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to these things. Um, And I don't mind giving away some of it. Um, Example, make sure you have a plan to have your own personal bills paid. Question, do you want to burn out? Because if the answer is yes, a really good way to burn out is running out of money in your pocket to pay your own bills. (laughs) Really good way to burn out. So make sure you have a plan to have your bills paid. Um, And there are some other steps in there that are really important to make sure that you take care of as you're launching yourself. Number two, once you've got enough information to be able to make your first guess, just like we talked about earlier, you got to just do it. You got to just do it. Get started. You're going to fail. Maybe you won't fail on your first step. Maybe you will. You don't know yet until you try. You know you're going to fail somewhere. That's the way life works. Like we should think about entrepreneurship mm-hmm. the way a baby thinks about learning to walk. Right. Right. They, they, they grab onto the coffee table or the couch and they pull themselves up 
And then they let go and they fall on their butt. <laughs> that's, that's right. And they scream. And in a half a second, they're done screaming and they're back at pulling their, themselves up on the couch again. And maybe they do that all day for a week or two weeks or three weeks. And their butt must be pretty sore. But at some point, they stop falling. Correct. And they can stand. And then they try to turn around and they fall. <laughs> And at some point they stand themselves up and they turn around and face away from the couch and they haven't fallen yet. Yeah. And then they take their first step and then they fall. That's right. <laughs> Look, this is how life works. And you didn't get away from that by going through high school and college. You didn't get away from that by starting your first job. It's still just like this. This is life. We're going to fall on our faces and we have to look at the failure process as the pathway to success. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? I, I also, I wrote a book, I call it Winner's Ways, uh, and it's about learning strategies from people that have accomplished something. You know, mm -hmm. if you are trying to do anything, I think success, uh, like they say, leaves uh, clues, right? Just look at what other, some other people have done. It may not be uh, the exact the same thing, but you can at least have some clues as to what they did and you can copy and learn from it, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, you, you spoke about uh, little babies trying to walk, how they get up, fall, and, you know, continue to learn. Uh, I know you have a course. I created a course last year. It did not perform very well, and I'm in the process of rolling out a new one. I've learned some things from what didn't work the last time that I know at least from the next one that I'm making now, that will at least give me a higher chance of success. So your course, working from home mastery course, you know, and I do agree uh, the pandemic has changed the way we work. Uh, I've been working from home for about two years now. I'm an engineer, by the way. Initially, it was tough, you know, working from home, but I've learned and I'm making it work now. Mm -hmm. So why do you think people need to master working from home? Because for you to go create a course about how to work from home, you must think that hey, either people don't know how to do it the right way, or maybe you feel like uh, people need to embrace uh, working from home so that they can grow in their career and get more done. So let's talk about your course. Uh, yeah, or both, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I do a couple of things in there that I think are really valuable. I think, and, and my audience has responded well, and some other audiences as well. So um, first, take a look at your day functionally, like an engineer. This will work well for you. Mm-hmm. There are different pieces of your day, and those different pieces happen in the same way all the time, every single day, over and over and over again, right? You probably start your day by getting out of bed and making some coffee. Now, maybe that happens at 6 a.m., maybe that happens at 7 a.m., maybe that happens at 10.30 a.m., but it's probably the same every single day. Not everybody drinks coffee, but you all get the point. The people who don't drink coffee, maybe they drink hot water with lemon. Maybe they just drink a straight up glass of water. Maybe they put some salt in it. Like there are lots of different ways to go about that process. But my guess is that it happens the same every day. 
Okay. You also probably go to the bathroom. And while you're in the bathroom, you probably brush your teeth, use the toilet, and maybe even use the shower. Now, ask yourself this question. Are you doing those things because that's the best place for them in your day? Or are you doing them because that's how you've always done it? Cool. Now, just hold on to that question because you probably don't have the answer right now. My guess is the answer is going to have to come to you over time. You'll start asking yourself the question while you're doing it. Oh, am I brushing my teeth because this is when I want my teeth to be brushed? Or because my parents told me when I was three and I've been doing it since then. You probably ought to brush your teeth at least once a day. Maybe it doesn't need to be in the morning. Maybe your brain responds best to your teeth brushing at 1 p.m. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But unless you're asking those questions, you'll never have an answer to that. Okay, now let's look at some other functional pieces of the day. Was your office work day put together in a way that served you well? And if it was, and this is something that you brought up, success leaves clues. If it was put together in a way that serves you well, can we take the elements of that that were serving you, understand them functionally, and place them back into our day again? Because when you're working from home, you don't have external stimulus that's forcing you to do a thing, except meetings. I mean, we have that, but that's about it. You don't have the external stimulus that's forcing you to do a thing. You don't have to get up at a specific time in order to be able to get dressed, in order to be able to get in your car, in order to be able to arrive at your work and not be late because your boss is looking over your shoulder. You don't have to do any of those things. You just have to be on meetings and you have to get your work done. And that freedom, which is wonderful, also takes away that structure, which may have been a good thing. So ask yourself the question, was it a good thing? Do I want to brush my teeth the first time I get up? Do I want to be dressed in work clothes? Do I want to go outside as if I was going to get into my car, even though I don't have to drive anywhere? (laughs) And As you're asking yourself those questions, you might find surprisingly that the answer is yes to a lot of those questions. Yes, I actually do want to go outside before my workday starts. That fresh air actually opens my brain up. That walk to the car, the time that I spent commuting, it was meditative. It created open space. It created structured boredom. And my brain was wandering and I was conjuring up images of dragons and uh, I was I was fighting with my demons and I was preparing myself mentally to be able to take the day. And now that I'm not doing that anymore, I wake up at the last possible second in order to get breakfast on the table for the kids and hop on my Zoom meeting at 8.55. I don't have that brain freedom that I used to be creating for myself in the morning. And I'm not set up for that kind of success that that brain freedom, that structured boredom created for me. So ask yourself the question, were the elements of that day functionally serving you, even though they were externally motivated, even though somebody else was forcing you into them? And if they were, then let's bring them back. Let's bring that back. 
And I take you through the entire day and I look at the functional elements of every single piece of the day and we rebuild it just like an engineer would in a way that serves you now. And here's the thing, even if we go back to the office, there's always going to be work from home again. I've been working from home for 20 years, not constantly for 20 years, but for 20 years, I've been working from home. I go travel, you know, I go see a client, I go spend some time on a merger. I spend, you know, three days out of the week on site and then I travel home and I'm not going into the office on Friday after I've been traveling all week. So I work from home. If I've got a structure that I've built that serves me well, then I know I'm going to be productive on that Friday. It doesn't go away. It doesn't stop serving me. But if I don't have that structure, then, well, then we have air quotes again, working from home today. And look, I don't have a problem with taking flex days. I tell my employees to take flex days. Hey, you've had a hard week. Take a flex day on Friday. Answer important emails. Otherwise, don't do anything. I don't want you online except for what you have to be online for. Wow. You know, that, that's amazing. I, I like the way you put it. Uh, we have to, from time to time, question, uh, you know, thinking, question some uh, customs, some cultural thing. Uh, if we don't do that, We'll just continue to do the same thing in the same way. And, you know, if we expect a different result, we are only deceiving ourselves. So thank you. As a matter of fact, uh, Lucas, your course, where, where can we find it? Because, you know, I know your book is already on Amazon. Your course, is it only on your website or you have it on Udemy, Skillshare, and all those uh, platforms? Where do you have your course? Yep, just through my website, lucasroot.com. Okay, cool, cool. So one, one other thing, uh, Lucas, I know you are a speaker. How do you serve your clients uh, as a speaker? I, I just want to know the topics that you cover uh, mm-hmm. to help your clients. Yeah. Um, so I work, with, uh, I work with a couple of different audiences. I, I work with colleges and I teach sort of basic level classes, courses, um, master classes, whatever you want to call it, where I talk about things like how to learn. One of my favorites, colleges are loving that right now. The students are like eating it up, how to learn. I talk, you've heard me talk about this. I talk about sort of the functional aspects of taking in information into your brain and how to make sure that you're using those functional aspects at their maximum capacity for you. Awesome. How to learn. How to (laughs) how to build your day because college days are kind of like work from home days. You remember college? Oh yeah. (laughs) You you got a couple of things like zoom meetings that provide some external structure, but otherwise you're a hundred percent on your own, which is cool. But also you didn't necessarily learn how to maximize the efficiency of the way that you utilize that freedom. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time freshman year. I'm not even going to lie. Freshman year was a real challenge for me. And you know what I did to solve that? Not the right answer. It worked for me, but it's not the right answer. I took more courses. Oh, okay. If, <laughs> if, these, external, if these external structures, external requirements are going to give me what I need, I'm going I'm to take more of that. And 
what resulted was, I mean, I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot of things, but I also was burned out like crazy at the end of every semester. My mom would come pick me up because I couldn't drive home. Oh, wow. Truly. I mean, this is nuts. Not like I could not drive home because I was so burnt out. Me being on the road would have been dangerous. Mm-hmm. I look back at that and I say, you know, I don't regret it, but there was a better way. So I teach that, how to learn, how to set up your day. Um, And I love it and colleges are loving it. Um, I teach how to launch your business. Stuff that we talked about, Mm -hmm. understanding the brand, understanding how to put together things, making sure that you understand what's going to be required of you for the first one to two years so that you can be prepared for that. What are the things you know you can plan for and how do you plan for those things? And then accepting the notion that there are things you know you can't plan for and you're just going to have to go bump your face into it and maybe get a bloody nose and let's go ahead and do it. That's right. (laughs) Um, Um, That's good. And then how to work from home. Good. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, you know, we we are, you know, talking about college and college students and uh, maybe looking back, uh, maybe to your college days, or what would you say are the essential skills for you know someone that is just getting out of college today uh, for that person to be competitive in the 21st century job market? What are the essential skills that you think they need to acquire? Yeah, um, yeah, awesome question. There are two different paths. There's the trade path, which is the one that you and I both took. By the way, I studied engineering as well. Oh, <laughs> it turns awesome. out I didn't practice it. I went to Wall Street and, and I used the, the trade skills that you and I learned studying engineering. I used them as a, as a foundational skill set instead, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the second path. So the first path is the trade path. And if you're walking the trade path, and it's a good path, if you're walking the trade path, Make sure you learn the trade skills, understand what it is that your teachers are telling you because they actually do know what it's going to take for you to succeed. They really do. Mm -hmm. Trust that if you're walking the trade path. But then there's the other path. The other path is, um, and this is what a liberal arts degree tries to prepare you for. And some programs do a good job. The other path is that you're going to expand your mind and open up your capacity to potentially do anything. It's so cool. All right. That's good. That's good. If you're going to be walking the open path and that, you know, any degree could get you there, but this is what liberal arts is trying to prepare you for. If you're going to be walking the open path, you need to learn how to learn the course that the course that I teach, Mm -hmm. you need to learn how to learn. You need to learn how to manage external structures inside an, an essentially open and free container. What does that mean? Well, it sounds kind of like time management, but it's not necessarily the same thing. And when people say time management, what they mean is, you know, that you've got a 40-hour paper that you have to finish in order to be good for your class, to get a good grade. You also know that if you wait until the last day, there aren't 40 hours to finish that paper. So 
quote unquote time management is I need to do an hour of work a day every single day for the next 40 days so that I know that I've got it done. Absolutely. Cool. Now, when you have 75 different things, just like that one paper that are all competing for limited resources, your time, the time of your team, the time of your partners, your vendors, your clients, you need to be able to manage all of those external requirements in that huge, wide open space of resource. And resource might be time, but it might be other things too. And that's what that second path is all about. And you got to figure out how to start getting good at that. So learn how to learn and learn how to manage external requirements on a wide open scope of resource. Awesome. I like that. So Lucas, thank you very much for sharing that details. Uh, you are a businessman, right? So I am. My, one of the goal of this uh, podcast is for people to learn from those that have accomplished something, right? So I want to know the challenges, the difficulties, and those hardship uh, that you've overcome while building your business. And maybe if you don't mind, share with us how you did it. Yeah. Um the first business that I launched was real estate. In fact, the second business was also a real estate business. Um, and neither one of them was a success for me, although other people made a lot of money. What I learned was I am not personally passionate about real estate. And this is the important and because I'm not passionate, I was trying to run it as a hands off business. I didn't want to be in the details. I didn't want to be touching everything. I didn't want to be involved in every piece of my business because I didn't love it. And so there were lots of things that I did wrong. Me, I'm responsible. It's my business. There were lots of things I did wrong in my business that I didn't notice because of the fact that I didn't love it. I wasn't passionate about it. So for you, for your audience, for those of you who are in there, don't do something just because there's money in it. I made money for people in my real estate business. It was externally a success. It survived for five years. It was profitable the whole time. Other people made good money. When it fell apart, it fell apart because of the things that I was ignoring because I didn't want to be in the details because I didn't love it. So choose what you do carefully. That's, no, that's, that's neat. That's, that's a great piece of advice right there. And thank you very much for sharing that with us. Uh, as we are coming to the end of this interview, I always ask my, uh, my guests, how they define success? So, Lucas, how do you define success? Yeah, um, I define success by the number of smiles that I get to interact with. I like that. You know what? That's a new one for me. <laughs> that's completely new. That, um, okay, that's, that's awesome. I like that. And you mine know, counts, by the way. I need my smile too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I like that. So, um, you know, when I was, uh, you know, just reading about you, uh, you know, trying to find out more, 
I saw this uh, this on, online, maybe on your website, that someone wrote about you, and they said, and I'm going to quote, Lucas is one of those rare humans who actually knows a lot about a lot. I like that. So, you know, from uh, the conversation that we've been having over the past 30 minutes, I can say I agree with that. You do know a lot about a lot. Uh, we've spoken a little bit about engineering. We talked about business. You talked about mergers and acquisition. You talked about real estate. Uh, you, you've written um, a book. You have a course. You are a speaker. Uh, this is good. What are some of the mistakes that you wish you could have avoided in your journey? Oh, honestly, none of them. Oh, I like that. Not a single one. I, I am the man I am today. I'm, I'm serving you and your audience in the way I can and do because of the mistakes that I made. Not the successes, but the mistakes and getting through them. I wouldn't undo any of them. I like that. So uh, we have come to the end of this interview. But before we say, uh, before we wrap it up today, look at us, how can my audience find you uh, if they want to connect uh, with you, follow you and know more about what you have to offer? Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. My handle is at Luke Root, L-U-C-R-O-O-T. Because at Lucas Root was taken. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Welcome, welcome to the world. At Lucas Root was taken. So, I'm at Luke Root. And um, I have the same handle on LinkedIn. I'm not quite as active, but still pretty active. So, if LinkedIn is your platform, it's uh, linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Luke Root, L U C R O O T. And then my website is lucasroot.com. Awesome. Thank you very much. This episode of Winner's Ways podcast has come to a close. We hope you enjoy and learn something from today's show. We want you to win and excel in all areas of your life. And we regularly explore and share information with our listeners to empower them to win. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast for more tips and strategies to help you find the success that you've always dreamt of. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you more podcast episodes to empower you. We will love to have you again next week. Now, keep winning. Thank <laughs> you.